Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Audi has finally named Sauber as its strategic partner for their entry into Formula One in 2026. Sauber confirming that Audi will buy a stake in the company, but we don't know how much. It follows the news that Porsche's Red Bull deal was called off when that was looking almost certain. So today we look at the new entrance into Formula One. We ask why has F1 been so keen on getting the VW group into the sport? What it means for Audi, Audi, Sauber and Alfa Romeo. And can Audi be competitive when they arrive? Let's get up to speed with Autosports' Matt Q. Greetings, sir. You are UK-based for a little while, uh, which means no jet lag. How's things going? Absolutely. Uh, not too bad. Although I was driving till very late last night, so I'm a bit tired today. But that was, uh, what can you call the A1 lag or M1 lag as opposed to jet lag? I imagine the alarm was going off early. There's work to be done. Absolutely. Always in uh, always in the world of an autosport journalist. Always work to be done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In case the boss is listening. Let's talk about new entrants coming into Formula One. It's a fascinating, fascinating time. And it's one of the details 
obviously amongst the sadness of uh, Dietrich Mateschitz passing away at the weekend. And somebody kind of noted it as almost an aside, but I found it a really interesting comment that the Red Bull Porsche deal, which was ultimately called off because well, we'll find out your opinion on that, could have been his last big influence on Formula One. I thought that was interesting. And then the news that we found out yesterday that Sauber and Audi are teaming up for the future uh, from 2026 and the new regulations. Now, many Formula teams have come and gone over the years, but recent times, the modern era, let's call it, have seen a degree of stability. How did we get to where we are today? Oh, I know it's so boring an answer, but it's Netflix, isn't it? You know, it's the... the drive to survivor it's a popularity it's uh you know we record this after the u.s grand prix which had four hundred forty thousand people going at record attendance it's that popularity that has has meant that really this mantra always sticks around with motorsport if you win on sunday you sell on monday and um albeit he's now been ousted as ceo because the electric shifted volkswagen was a bit pants but um herbert deese uh the former ceo uh addressing members of wolfsburg where volkswagen is based saying if we do this we're going to sell a load more cars so if you know let's just say hypothetically we spend 500 million a year on f1 we reckon we can make a billion pounds from it and so when you put it as simple as that it's good so you know uh, uh same same for porsche they think uh, you know to market the 911 as best as possible they need to be the sportiest brand and how do you be the sportiest well you know le mans is le mans is amazing but how many eyeballs do you get on that we need to be an f1 so that's where the interest has come from you know we hear of other manufacturers but i feel like in 2022 everything to do with formula one has been the worst kept secret uh but audi announcing its partnership with sauber we have known about for months i think you know even even readers with only a passing interest will sort of been aware aware of that and actually it's it is interesting as you say to touch on the um uh, of the death of master shits obviously recently very sad you know team bosses rivals coming around saying about his uh, his impact across motorsport and I don't think it'd be wrong to put two and two together to get the conclusion that yes him being aware as of his own declining health or even in, as anyone it has to be pragmatic when you're in your late 70s about shoring up the future of your greatest asset your your sort of prized possession uh, something that will uh, define your legacy almost uh, I think partnering Red Bull with a, uh, with a massive deep pocketed prestigious OEM like Porsche was a part of that but equally he has to take responsibility that he wants to see Red Bull continue in his successful image and if aligning with uh, Porsche or not aligning was uh, was to the detriment of that then he was equally right to bin it off as well. Now when they won the Constructors' Championship over the weekend they unfiled a big banner uh, in the paddock at Cota uh, which said uh, something like Red Bull likes it on top and I just can't imagine Porsche in Formula One unveiling a banner in you know five years time saying Porsche likes it on top and it's like uh, that for me was was Red Bull it, they were all wearing blue jeans and and it was very much his legacy, like you say. Let's dig into the announcement yesterday that we heard that Formula One had finally able to confirm the worst-kept secret, uh, that that Sauber becomes a works team for Audi. But there are some key missing details in this. Can you try and fill us in as much as you can? Because we don't know what the stake is going to be in them, but we do know that Audi is acquiring a stake in the team, that they will be a works team, that Audi want to put an Audi engine in the back of that Sauber. So what do we know about the deal and what are the missing jigsaw pieces that we're still going to have to fill in? Well, I think the best gauge for all of this, Martin, is to look at the deal that didn't happen. That was Andretti with Sauber. And so apart from the 
you know, half billion pounds it now costs to take over an F1 team. There's now, you know, Finn Rosling, who came in to save Sauber, he doesn't want to see his hard work go for nothing. So that means shoring up that facility and his employees, which is what Audi... I know it's, ah, it's a really bad cliche from the classic car world, but they say you're never an owner of a classic car. You're a custodian. You preserve it for the next person. And I think that's the the mantra or the philosophy that Finn Rosling wants to be adopted for his Sauber organisation. He wants to see investment in there so it beca- remains a major employer and is safeguarded. It's not so that in five years' time, he's out of the door and Audi can set up shop in, in Germany and to go with their press release when they announce at Belgium Grand Prix, you know, German engine, German car, you know, mm. clear off Mercedes, this is what we're doing. Um, and that that is what we understand, that he will retain a percentage, let's say arbitrarily it's 20%. You know, Audi will be the biggest shareholder in the setup, the majority owner, call all of the shots, but he will say, stay there to preserve that site. So, you know, could you, could you speculate maybe, maybe up to 80%, something like that? And I also don't think it's unreasonable to expect that that will be the end goal in 2026. At this present point in time, it's you know a smaller percentage of equity, and it will build up over the over the coming years as the alpha stickers stick away and Audi builds up. Uh, but no, we don't know the exact details. But I I would speculate it's it's something along those lines, sort of progressive and um, beyond just writing a big check. I think there's an expectation to keep on ploughing investment, not only to preserve the team, but also Audi wants to be competitive, and that means spending to get to the top. So how does it work in the interim period, which is really fascinating because Alfa Romeo, there's nothing Alfa Romeo inside that Sauber. It's a sponsorship deal, although it's so cool and sexy to have the Alfa Romeo name on the team entry list. They don't have an Alfa Romeo factory churning out Alfa Romeo turbo hybrid engines. So they have a title sponsorship of that car through next year, 2023. Ferrari have an engine supply deal through the end of 2025. Then from 2026, it'll be an Audi in the back of it. How does this all play out in terms of Audi, however you want to shake it out, a competitor to Ferrari? Now, whilst Audi don't make hypercars, they do make you know things like the Audi R8. That's going to go electric at some point. They make e-tron GT. You know, 100, 150 grand cars, which is kind of Ferrari territory. How does that all square away with Audi being an investor, an increasing investor in a team where Ferrari are going to be supplying the engine to that and presumably a lot of IP and knowledge potentially being leaked, which they're not going to let happen. So how do we do this next two or three years? I think there'll be three distinct stages to it. So we'll have the alpha branding, which, as you say, is means, you know, um, Joe and Bottas can turn up in a company car and I have to say I, I disagree with you know the alpha boss um, our colleagues at motorsport.com interviewed him um, sort of about three months ago and he was saying oh it's been a great success this F1 project's done exactly what we need to well I would think if you're in the finance or accounts office at Alfa Romeo you beg to differ that you're still not le- uh, lighting up the showrooms but that's by the by anyway back to your question we have the deal up until the end of next season I then think the paint shop will peel off those Alfa Romeo stickers and will revert to the sort of um, uh, 2010 spec where it will just be Sauber in name only, but effectively a, an engine deal with Ferrari. 
like you say that they they won't be privy to anything that's going on. There will be no IP carryover. It'll be delivered in a locked box and bolted into the back <laughs> of that car, and you know they won't be able to crack it open and see what makes it tick, as it were. Uh, and Sauber, so you know. I suppose it might be fun to speculate. Would they go back to their black livery of 2014, 2015, the white of Sauber before, whatever, whatever. But then from 2026, you will see those four rings appear. And judging by the spa livery that on that concept car there, there'll be a bit of day glow orange for you and uh, maybe some, some white and grey scale like uh, old Audi Quattro's, that sort of racing livery. But three distinct stages, I reckon. I love it. And I love thinking about how that's going to, you know, Ferrari will not want an engine to be falling off the back of a lorry and going missing somewhere. They'll, As you say, it'll be under lock and key because as they lose the Alfa Romeo sponsorship, as that money comes out, you know, that's a team anyway that hasn't exactly been bumping up against the top of the, the budget cap anyway, which they were going to get to, I think, this year or next year uh, with increased investment. So the Audi investment will come in and as, an, as owned by the VW Group, enormously deep pockets... Uh, of which being an entrant in Formula One requires. So money won't be a problem for Sauber running Ferrari engines for those two years. What are the regulations for Audi coming in? Because there's obviously a cost cap on running a team. And, you know, I'll just pick an example, catering. Don't know why I thought of that. There's there's a cost cap on running a team. And there's a cost cap on building an engine. So Audi, now they've announced this, you know, they have a big facility in Germany as you say, for their sports cars, uh, used to be for Formula E as well. Um, they have a big motorsport presence, actually, uh, uh, more than Porsche. We'll get onto that. And so they're not free to go away and spend half a billion dollars or euros on their engine projects. And now they're under the, the engine cost cap rules, which in typical Formula One uh, way are actually more complicated for new entrants because they get a little bit more money. But how do you think that that will work in terms of the team? Because the team are going to need some money. They're going to need boots on the ground. If Audi are putting their money in, they're going to want some Audi team members in there helping to run Sauber. Could that be a source of conflict or an opportunity for the team to actually get their operations a bit more slick? I think you have to look at it at the latter. So I had a conversation with Valtteri Bottas about this a few Grand Prix ago. It might have actually been Spa, yeah, when the Audi engine program was announced but not that linking up with Sauber and the question put to him was you have moved from Mercedes to Sauber yes everything's smaller but have you identified any reason why this team cannot win and perhaps you'd expect a driver being paid handsomely to defend their team to the hills but you know if, if you look at McLaren three four years ago you say well the reason they can't win is because the wind tunnel isn't up to spec so that's why they're getting their brand new shiny one online for 2024 but we know the Hinwheel uh, facility at Sauber is amazing. All those LMP1 cars that are designed there and then go on to, you know, Blitz, Circuit de la Sarthe and all of that. It's it's a cracked facility, but they're not, yeah, that. And as you've mentioned, they're not operating at the cost cap. So some of that means they're slow with parts, so they can design something pretty mega, but then can't construct it, can't get it on both cars. But also, if you're not operating at cost cap, you know, this is why the... The arguments for breaking the cost cap with the allegations at Red Bull are so strong because there is performance to be gained there. So if you think Alfa have taken it or Sauber's, we should probably start referring to them and taking that decent step forward. They're now midfield contenders, which is no mean feat considering that car would not do two or three laps without going bang in pre-season testing. But they're now a bona fide midfield contender with some more investment, you know, with the more loving playing field of, of the cost cap. So again, if they keep on investing, then you'd expect them to start to begin to 
catch up. So if I could use a poor analogy, I'm, I'm an Aston Villa fan, Martin, and we've just signed our man, uh, a new manager in Unai Emery. And it's not about going and winning the Premier League in the next three seasons. It's about being the best of the rest, which I think is the next next target for that Sauber operation with the design of the chassis. And then it's about what they can do when they're running well. They probably... Uh, the Audi side has probably been through a couple of team leaders to find the right one. And then you start investing together to build, you know, incremental gains with the engine and whatever. And then in their words, take on um, or be the best German manufacturer. And what was, what was that awful? Uh, they did something like the rings are the new stars or something, which basically means move over Mercedes. And I think when they probably put that out, what they're anticipating is beating Mercedes at the top rather than thinking Mercedes have regressed to where they are now. Mm. Okay, look, we'll take a quick break and when we come back we'll talk about how it might work from a team versus engine perspective. Many teams do split those two bases and successfully in some cases and we'll have a look at what they could be doing over the next three years to ensure that they have the best drivers from 2026 uh, to take on that three-year plan of getting to the front of the grid. Those are stories are on the way. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Okay, let's talk a little bit about, Matt, your opinion on how it might work. Audi have their, obviously, their base in Germany, their motorsport base. But as you've mentioned already, uh, actually, the the Hinville facility, the wind tunnel there, which has been around a long time now, but I gather has been updated and is is still used very much as a, as a source of revenue, you know, as, as, a, as a business line to rent out and is still... Uh, is still very, if not cutting edge, is still very, very good. One of the best in the world. Many teams do split. So, you know, the world champions, uh, Honda and Red Bull, Red Bull powertrains based here in the UK, in Milton Keynes. And then some of the, I think the stuff that Honda are very, very good at, they would say the combustion engine side, is still done in Japan. Also split, Renault, Alpine, if you like, France and Enston or Virian Enston. Perhaps less successfully, you could say. Uh, lots of teams split engine and, and team, and some have it all under under one roof. Um, I know the Christian Horner recently has been using that phrase, uh, that uh, Red Bull powertrains and Red Bull is able to build a car and an engine under one roof. I think it was an interview with uh, Fred, um, uh, Ted, sorry, when he went to his house uh, over the over the break, and uh, he was talking a lot about Red Bull powertrains. It was interesting uh, that he was making that and sort of, before the the re-loving with Honda, I, I guess. But what's your opinion on on how it could shake out? Because it's not like Audi are going to buy their way into Sauber, close down their base, which is not the biggest, but nothing to be ashamed of, and move it all to Germany. So they're going to have to split it, not a million miles apart physically. How do you think it's going to shake out? Well, the, the one barrier to that would be the enormous cost. And two, if, if, if Finn Roisling does retain this small percentage, he'll see that that doesn't happen. But... 
You know, I think it's an interesting discussion, isn't it? Because then wh- where do you draw the line? So, you know, um, like you talk about Red Bull being based in the UK and Honda in Japan. But what about Mercedes with the engine being done at Bricksworth and then it being an hour's drive mm. to the chassis in Brackley? What about even Red Bull when they go with their Red Bull powertrains online? Well, they're still separated by factory rule and Adrian Newey might be masterminding the design of the car, but he's not overseeing the engine. You know, look at, look at Autosport. We we have the distinct magazine and the website. Has that necessarily changed from when we all used to be in the office together to now us communicating on Zoom and Microsoft Teams and other online software since the pandemic? Not necessarily. So I don't really mm. buy that as a barrier. I, I can see why it might be a handy excuse or whatever. You know, uh, you think of maybe maybe a better way to look at it rather than sort of the physical locations getting bogged down and that is, is the... Uh, philosophy to use a really grandiose term the the concept <laughs> the the approach but like that that's why the McLaren Honda partnerships fell apart so much because one was you know had uh, Mercedes had de- uh, sorry because McLaren had designed this what it thought was a class leading better than anyway a size zero coke bottle shaped package that the Honda engine barely could fit in and so because it was you know basically crowbarred in there it was getting too hot and kept going bang all the time so you can have these two class leading op- uh, organizations but unless they integrate well it's not going to happen so that's when you'd say Sauber is still Sauber engineers and and they'll still have this minority ownership and stuff. But effectively, if they're all using Audi-headed letter paper, you'd expect them <laughs> to run with the same approach and therefore they can integrate well and, and be harmonious. So I, I don't see it being a major issue. Um, and and in terms of, you know, Audi big wigs or the marketing department with ideally wanting all in in Germany. Yeah, I get that. But does it, does it really matter? I mean, in the same way. So I was was speaking to someone and I'm sure people can take an educated pot shot who it was, but someone very high up in the Porsche 919 program that said, well, really they just ran with Porsche badges on the car. The reason that was successful is because it was a completely different race team setup that just happened to have a check funded by Porsche. They were completely autonomous because they didn't want people wearing suits with nice ties to intervene and slow things down and for it to be really sort of um, sort of levels of bureaucracy, which is actually that same person was a bit concerned initially when Audi did their, their press conference at Spa because they're like, right, so announcing it, we've got the chairman of Audi and the technical director of all of Audi, but no F1 boss, which we now have in um, in Adam Baker, um, uh, formerly BMW Sauber. But they were like, oh, it was too corporate, too corporate. So it's it, again, it's more about that having that level of autonomy that Sauber Audi, Audi Sauber operates as a conducive F1 team. How those two integrate is probably small fry and, and will have, you know, similar effects on how competitive they are. So how Audi let the whole F1 thing operate under its bigger umbrella and then the Volkswagen group again. So I think I think that is more the determining factor rather than, you know, just because one's got a Switzerland postcode and the other's Germany. Absolutely. And, and in terms of, you've mentioned BMW Sauber, so let's sort of segue into that really. In terms of getting back to that level of success, which is the last time that that team... Um, had a, a good deal of success, although this year have more recently brought some some developments to the car, which shows they can develop a car, perhaps not always get it right on the day if you look at Cota. But um, in terms of Audi coming back into the or coming into the sport and, and Sauber getting back towards the front end of the, the grid, you know, to wheel out another cliche, only one team can win and all the teams say they can win. 
what will be the kind of pressure that you think the teams, or the team itself, the board, the fans, F1 journalists will start to put on them to be successful? I mean, I guess what I'm asking is, how much of a grace period, if any, are they going to have coming back in? Well, three years, three years now, they've, they've made that rod for their own back because they said, you know, within three years, we want to be competitive. What does that mean? Well, you'd say for Audi, you know, uh, which is one mm. everywhere, you know, World Rally, Le Mans, whatever, World, World Endurance Championship, Formula E even, you would say that being competitive means, I would say, a baseline of podiums, but mm. race wins. Um, and to get there... Okay, we've got another regular regulation change that will facilitate that in 2026. But, you know, massive ground effect shift for this year was meant to allow more freak results like Hungary last year where Ocon can win on his day or, or Gasly at Monza or, or, and so on. But we haven't had that. So at the minute, it's still to win. It's still Red Bull and Ferrari this year and you'd still put Mercedes in that bracket. So for Audi to come in, if, if stuff maintains... Or the competitive order maintains it is one of those probably has to come out, so you can then start to identify who that is. But then they've got, you know, by that point they'll have what twelve years of hybrid experience and and all the success of over, you know, in, in the two thousands. And so then you start looking at if Audi can't mix it by twenty twenty nine, this three year period, are they are they falling short? You know, the reason perhaps we're quite harsh on Alpine is because they're the ones that said in five years we'll be winning world championships. And then at the start of this year they go, Well no 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 what we mean is hundred races starting from now and they keep redrawing <laughs> the timeline. So it's but Audi have come in straight away and said three years is when we want to be competitive. And although it will have cost a lot of money, they're not you know, again we're probably heading into a period of a 10-year recession now. If you're in the accounts department, you go, oh, what do we do? Do we, We've already killed the Audi A1 because we don't make a big enough margin on it. We've already, you know, stopped doing Formula E. Oh, but F1, it's consuming £500 million between a race team and a, and a marketing department and an engine programme. Well, that's a pretty big program to kill and get a lot of money back from so yes Audi and and to link it to Porsche you know one of the prerequisites of Porsche coming in with Red Bull is that they're not going to go their own way after two years this is for a 10-year deal minimum and you'd expect Audi to treat it similar but only if they're only if they're competitive you know if you think to god here's another tortured analogy you know George Bush standing on an aircraft deck and going mission accomplished <laughs> when he had achieved absolutely nothing in, in the Gulf region. What is that for Audi? When can they go? You know, like 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 with all the Formula E exit announcements, we're going, well, we came here, we developed a powertrain, we won and did nothing. Yeah, but you still don't sell on a single electric car. So can you really say mission <laughs> successful? What is that for Audi? They can't come in and go, right, well, we've had... You know, we've been here seven years now. We've got a couple of eighth places for it and gone. They they want to be competitive. It's a massive name. So baseline is podiums, but come on, we're all thinking yeah. we're all thinking world championships, and then you've got to build a structure around that drivers, what not and whatnot. But yeah, it's a it's a massive task ahead. And a driver development program, or if you haven't got that, just going out with a big old checkbook and working out who you can get, who's not already signed up on a, a long deal. But that's probably the topic for another a podcast, The Driver Market. A final word on Porsche then, because over the Cota weekend, there was talk of they still have an ambition to enter Formula One. Now, it seems to me that they 
wanted to come into Red Bull more than the Audi Sauber deal because Sauber it seems get a lot out of the Audi deal. Red Bull winning world championships, Porsche coming in. You know, with all respect, they're going to want to behave a little bit like Porsche, and I don't think Red Bull wanted to make that that compromise. It seems sensible that deal fell apart because why would Red Bull do that unless they were looking for an exit from the sport to eventually sell, you know, do the whole kind of, well, we sold 49% and now now it's 51% and then, you know, they're out. So um, in a way that Mercedes came back in um, and, and bought Braun GP and then kind of gradually were like, okay, we want, we want all in. Although that's also more complicated because, of pretty big shareholdings from the likes of Ineos and, and, and Toto Wolf. So in terms of Porsche, like where does this all fit in? Do they want to be a works team? Do they want to just be a sponsor like Alfa Romeo have been with Sauber? Do they want to go and buy, you know, give it a couple of years and then go to the Red Bull organisation? Look, you know, is Alfa Tauri really working out for you? Like we'll buy that. How can Porsche fit into this whole storyline? It is a bit of a mess, isn't it? Because I, I totally get the argument and it was one a few months ago I was spouting that you know, why Porsche don't want Helmut Marco being a loose cannon and going up to the media and going, Oh well, Bottas, what the hell does he know driving like that? I can understand <laughs> why they do that. Well, but I can understand why they don't want that. But the collapse definitely uh, came from Red Bull's side going, you know, we're nimble. We've got ourselves back into a, a winning organisation because we operate this way. We're, Horner is our de facto number one, whatever. We don't want Porsche coming in and adding these levels of bureaucracy. So a three-week decision now takes six months mm-hmm. and we have to have our person who, who will then clash heads with Horner. I, I get why that, that didn't happen. But it's now where, where do they go? I've seen talk of the, uh, you know, they, they could, you know, they've got this Porsche Andretti deal in Formula E. Could they bring that over? And while that makes sense, if you are going to have an 11th team, it has no EM and it's Andretti, big names come in. I've just seen there's been so little accommodation for anything Michael Andretti has said by those already in F1. I don't think, mm. I, I just, I see it's plausible. And, and to me, it makes perfect sense. But there's been just zero warmth towards that idea. So I, I, I'm not seeing it get off the ground at the minute. Williams seems like a sensible option to me to go in there. I think Aston Martin has probably... I think if you look at the wider Aston Martin group, the fact it now has investment from Mercedes and Geely, I don't think mm. you then have room for a Volkswagen group member to come in. I think that's too many cooks all, you know, and, and, and conflicts of interest or whatever. Actually, again, I say this, you know, uh, the heavy heart following the death of Dietrich Mastersitz, but I say, I, I think Alfa Tauri now is probably the prime prospect. You know, I think there certainly was speculation that, Although he wasn't, that wasn't actively in a shop window. Sort of, you can make backdoor deals and 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 discuss mm. a price. But I I can see that, you know, if if let's say some money has been set aside to keep Red Bull going and and with the powertrains and how they might sell that to other teams, how that becomes self sustaining. I think a sec- the junior team in that is is maybe a bit more of a drag, but it's an established decent race team. So I think it that's where you would go in with Porsche. But then. What do they get? Because we understand that they want to come in as a basically to to write a big old check for a a, a, a Red Bull powertrain that was. Yeah. So so you know then they have to be a lot more active, which again I don't think suits them. You know uh, we know that Audi their their engine F one program how they're going to get so far aligned is they're going to pick up the Porsche shell test mule from a few years ago. So Porsche don't even have their own engine concept to work with so then it gets very yeah. complicated so any deal with you know getting Hass up to the budget cap or whatever just seems a bit far-fetched so 
perhaps it might be the inverse of whatever we're expecting is that it, it could end up with a point where let's say it's hypothetically Williams with an Audi engine but it will say Porsche on it and so not to be like really pessimistic about it all but I think it could end up being a damp squid where you look at the glory years of Porsche in F1 you think of McLaren in the mid 80s well that was actually a tag privately funded thing with Porsche script on it and I think we could get somewhere similar where it's Porsche in name only and with a great big check behind it yeah, it's really interesting to see what happens in the automotive world in terms of VW Group have their MEB platform, which they're new. Um, electric cars are built on, like the ID cars from Volkswagen, the Enyaqs from Skoda, the uh, the uh, the e-trons from, from Audi, and it's all the same platform, and they put on their badge and their own software, but it's still a shared cost, and, and Honda have gone to GM in America to make their uh, things like the, the Acuras and the Hondas, and GM are using theirs, so... And it is more than a rebadging. That's I'm not being I'm not doing it down, but it's the way that automotive with electrification is going. And it always seemed so crazy that at that time, two separate programs for Porsche um, and Audi. But anyway, uh, let's let's leave it there. As always in Formula One, so many more questions get thrown up just when we think we have answers. Matt, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, we look forward to uh, reading some more of your coverage of the final three races of the Formula One calendar. And we'll catch you on the next one. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey, what's up, guys? This is MMA fighter Clay Guida, and I'm not afraid of anyone or anything, but losing my hair was an entirely different kind of fight. So if you're suffering from hair loss like I was, then you've got to check out my boys at Bosley. Pound for pound, they are the champions of hair restoration. That's why I turned to Bosley to get my hair back. The entire Bosley team was so professional and kind from start to finish. All it took was a simple one-day procedure, and I was on my way back to rocking my full hair again. So take it from me. Don't wait if you are thinning or receding. I'm so thrilled with my results, I just wish I would have went to Bosley sooner. It's time to finally knock out hair loss because the best is yet to come. Check out Bosley today. When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text CLAY to 203203. Text CLAY to 203203. Or go to bosley.com. That's bosley.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. (laughs) 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.